and welcome to my podcast, Divorcing Reality. So today, me and Jamie Cato talk about the relationship between men and women, where we go from here, and about the challenges of creating relationships that are truly intimate when there is so much work to be done to acknowledge what's happened between us in the past. Not just between individuals, but in society and the kind of long list of ills that people have built up across their own lifetime and across the generations. And he talks about this really interesting idea that men are sort of almost addicted to the radiance of women in a way that women do not have the same kind of compulsion towards men. And for me, this is really interesting because it just um, highlights how it's almost as if men and women both feel that the other sex has the upper hand and that we're all on the back foot (laughs) while interacting with each other. And yet it's almost like if nobody claims their own version of power within this dynamic, everybody comes away feeling powerless and ultimately really hurting each other from that place, not feeling worthy. So I really hope you'll enjoy our conversation. Listen in and if you want to contact either of us, our contact details are in the show notes. Good morning, Jamie. Hello. Thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me on the subject of, I mean, it's really broad, isn't it? You know, men and women. (laughs) Men and women women and these days, everything in between. Everything in between as well. Um, And basically, I've been really motivated to have these chats because I realised I was just living in a world of my own in my head about what, you know, men and women and how we interact and what that's all about. Um, And occasionally, I'll be totally honest, crashing up against men in the world often, and sometimes women too, um, in sort of fairly uh, aggressive ways, I think. (laughs) And then what I realised would be probably more useful is to actually start to engage in some meaningful conversations, put my ego aside a little bit, and and start to like listen to understand, you know. Mm. So that's that's basically my main intention today is is to listen to understand and to sort of increase my understanding of what it's like to be a man in the world, what kind of challenges you might be facing. And I know that you work with people, so you probably have lots of insight there, too. Mm, Let's do it. Yeah. So why why did you say yes to, to this chat? Well, I've been feeling quite passionate that the relationship and the ongoing, you could say, battle between the sexes that has been going on like forever is a massive metaphor and a direct cause of so much more of the problems on the planet, the eco side, the raping of Mother Earth, Mm -hmm. the the, uh, situation of the state the planet is in is, is is a metaphor and a direct result of of the lack of communication and the 
the constant battle between men and women, and um, especially how even though there's a beautiful movement of men becoming more conscious and wanting to move beyond the violence and the control and the silencing uh, culturally, uh, mm -hmm. men are doing their best now to step past their conditioning of never showing their vulnerabilities, being very isolated and closed down. They're, they're, they're wanting to move beyond the abuse of male leadership, which has been manifesting through sort of dominion and rape and control and move it into the, what it should be, which is love and service. Mm. And you've got a lot of men, you know, showing up for self-development things, playing with their children, opening up to their spouses and partners, playing with their kids. We There's been so much violence that we can't just expect that just because that's going on, that the women are all going to just welcome them with open arms and go, oh, well, it's all fine now. Mm. We can't skip the steps of healing that needs to happen. Um. And it's a tricky thing because a lot of the men themselves would say, well, I've never done anything violent to a woman. So, you know, what have I got to apologize for? And and we mm. need to kind of get beyond that thing and kind of apologize on behalf of all of our male ancestors and have some sort of a set of meetings and coming togethers where we collaborate the men and the women to heal that past wounding and forgive and at the end of apartheid nelson mandela set up these meetings all over south africa called i think it was called truth and reconciliation something yes. like that, mm -hmm. uh, where everyone came forward and said what they perpetrated or what they'd received or what had happened and it saved a bloodbath and i think mm -hmm. we need something like that um, to not miss that crucial step of healing that isn't just about the men changing their attitudes and ways. And of course, there's many things that women have to do too, you know, like on the women's side, I know it's not even, I wouldn't even pretend to think that the violence has been equal both ways, mm -hmm. but there has been a lot of violence, not only domestic physical beating up violence from women to men, which there's a lot of, mm -hmm. um, but emotional violence, control, manipulation, um, using sexuality, weaponizing sexuality, um, <laughs> control, you only get to have sex if you're a good boy or, you know, and there's another level as well, which is, and I don't think this is acknowledged by our culture, which is that I believe, mm. and this is popular for everybody, but it, it does seem to play out that men are addicted to women's radiance. We need something from the women's radiance, literally, that isn't a two-way thing. Mm. Uh, there's something that men need from women that women don't really need from men. And uh, hence, the methadone version of that addiction is porn. You know, there's a reason why 99% mm. of the internet is porn for men. Yeah. And yeah. that's like the methadone version of the addiction of like, if you can't, get it healthily you'll go there mm -hmm. and it's not really acknowledged you know there's this well men should just you know get responsible and it's like they don't have the education or the skills 
to meet women where they need to be met in order to have the two-way street of love and radiance and, yeah. and to get what the men need. Uh, and so they're going to get it one way or another. So if they if they can't find a way to get it healthily, they'll get it unhealthily through poor yeah. violence, through dominion. And until we acknowledge that men do have this addiction to the women's radiance, which often plays out through sexuality and, and the sort of lower energies as well, it's never going to stop. And our culture is not very good at the compassionate side of the predicament the men are in. Mm. needing this thing almost being addicted to this thing that they don't know how to get yes yeah um you said sexuality and low energies what do you mean by that i mean that there are many ways to receive women's radiance that aren't in the lower chakras of the sexuality Mm. Not that it's lower as in base, as in bad or yeah, always carnal, but there's, you know, there's the heart, there's the voice, there's the vision. Mm. Um, and those are often subtler energies which men haven't been trained to work with. Um, mm. And so immediately the energy just gravitates down to the second chakra and the base chakra where where it's more carnal, where it's more... It's purely sexual but not always sex driven by the heart mm. I think um one one thing that always occurs to me is that that like oftentimes I kind of don't see men acknowledging that sex for men just biologically is like a sort of low impact thing in terms of they 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 won't have to ever carry the baby that might be made by that act. Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. they won't. And it's like, for me, sometimes just acknowledging that even if we raise our consciousness and we do all of this work on our stuff, there's some kind of biological stuff <laughs> that means that I, I'm just reading this book called A Billion Wicked Thoughts, which where they um, analysed how people search for sort of sexual stuff on the internet and what kind of stuff. And they found like a really marked difference between men and women. And for example, uh, when asked if they would go home with a fairly attractive person on the university campus of the opposite sex, 76% of the men said yes. And only 6% of the women said yes. Wow. Which to me, you know, it's just, it's just obvious. It's like, well, I don't really know you, you know, and if that turned out of creating a child together then what does that mean that means I'm on my own do you know what I mean or maybe not but who knows and that doesn't necessarily matter to men because they can just walk away whereas you can't walk away from a baby growing inside you and then the sort of societal expectation that you raise that child you know yeah absolutely um, so so sometimes I like to sort of strip out the emotional component and just make it really simple for myself like that, almost so that I don't judge men so harshly, you know, <laughs> for how they turn up. Yeah. I mean, you also can't ignore the fact that men on a biological level, a third of a man's daily energy every day is spent creating sperm. Wow, I didn't know that. And that is sending a message to the brain that it needs to be used. Mm -hmm. And 
it's a very driving force. You know, when a man sees an image or sees in real life a beautiful woman or a sexy or what he sees as a sexy woman, something happens which almost like shuts down his reason. Mm. You know, you can sort of see the image of men in a pole dancing club or whatever, like they're literally like hypnotized. There's a yeah. kind of hypnosis on the woman that will empty out their wallet. You know, they'll just like, and it, and it's not just modern day conditioning. You can go all the way back to the Bible with Salome, you know, dance for me, Salome, King Herod says, I'll give you anything. And then she wants mm. to have John the Baptist or kingdoms have fallen. Um mm. And it's almost like women's beauty does something to the man's brain, which is mixed probably with the constant signals he's getting to his brain from his cock. Um, it does something that men literally lo lose control over, you know. Mm. Uh, and as I said, I don't think women have that imperative going on where they're just constantly being hooked yeah, apparently the, the neurology is actually really quite different in desire in men and women. Yeah. They're, they're sort of beginning to discover that, which I find absolutely fascinating. And of course, you know, the angry feminist in me says, well, sort your shit out, men. Do you know what I, I mean? Know. We can't and that's be the problem. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem is that I think, you know, oddly, I think there is an age, if we could get over our religious, puritanical, whatevers, if there was a healthy kind of sex worker thing mm. where men could be more educated and men could be held in the vulnerability of that hook mm. and learn ways to work with it without shaming. Right. But it's so loaded with all the violence that's come before it and all the control and all the silencing and all the cat calling from building sites. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's so loaded with so much pain that hasn't been healed. That's why it comes back to not skipping the, the steps of healing. Yeah. It's so loaded with all of that um, trigger that it's very hard for our culture to be compassionate towards the predicament the men are in with this. Mm. And if we were compassionate and we really did acknowledge that addiction and that that hook to that radiance that men don't seem to be in power of, then we might have a sort of different kind of sex worker which were working with men in a way that wasn't just come and have a quick hand job. But mm. was actually, it wasn't just like a release. It was actually about gaining mastery of that energy because when the male sexual energy is mastered, it becomes incredible architecture. It becomes yeah. wonderful hospitals. It becomes systems to protect the children and the elders. It mm. becomes the correct use of male leadership. Um, and so our whole culture would benefit from that. Uh, but we're just religiously and through those triggers and past unhealed wounds, we're not there yet. And I would really love to facilitate more progression around mm. that mm. and so what what do you feel women would be because you were very concise about me what men you know would be apologizing for do you have an equal grasp of what women would be apologizing for weaponizing that addiction okay using that addiction to control men and get what they want through using that 
abusing that power of being able to hook men in you know mm. i can't wear something a bit sexier to make it more likely i'll pass my driving test you know, <laughs> i know it sounds a bit of a shallow thing and i do understand no, I, I women, hear you. Yeah. women will use what they've got of course mm. but there is a way to get to control men through the giving and taking of the sexuality that men need so much mm. so holding it when you don't get what you want and giving it when you do get what you want it perpetuates that addiction mm -hmm. and i'm not saying all women do it no uh, but it, in our culture it is you know whether it be done by women or done by men that radiance that women's mainly sexuality mm. is commodified to sell everything from cars to toothpaste um, yeah and i it would take a lot for the unconsciousness around i can get more of what i want when i when i'm sexier when i'm flirtier mm -hmm. where i make myself look more available maybe than i am Mm. Um, it's perpetuating it and it's understandable because women need to use whatever power they've got in our culture you know because it's so uneven already so I understand it mm. but it does perpetuate it uh, so the lack of compassion around the predicament of the men because of past wounding because the men are not doing themselves any favors mm -hmm. taking raping controlling you know and all their ancestors have done it too and the women using what they can use which is that power to get what they want to you know i know very many relationships where the man only gets sex when he's a good boy and if he hasn't been a good boy he doesn't get sex mm. and that creates a very deep rage and powerlessness in men that plays out through destroying the planet through domestic mm -hmm. violence not all not only but it's in there and I just mm. don't think us as a culture are really having that conversation. No, and I also, I mean, being somebody who's kind of tuned into, for example, menstrual cycles, uh, you know, like how that impacts our desire across the month and things. I sometimes mm. think that conversation's really hard to have in that context because it's like, well, in this whole week, I just don't feel like it. And I accept you will feel like it. And I might be angry at you because of almost nothing because <laughs> of this hormonal surge and and I've seen men in my vicinity get angry or frustrated about that it's like well you're kind of using that as an excuse you know it's like well well I, I guess I'm thing, really that's not, not that's not using it to control a man that's just using it because you totally justifiably aren't sexy this week that's right. different and and you know as I said if there weren't so many triggers in other areas, I think that, that men could be better educated in that. Mm. I certainly have found the men that I know who I would definitely think are sort of maybe on the more conscious side. And yeah. I, my girlfriend, I know what I know her cycle. You know, mm. like I'm not an idiot. If you're in an intimate relationship with a woman, find out what I know her cycle and know that this week is going to be more tender and that yeah. week is going to be more sexy halfway through the cycle and 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 mm -hmm. be ready with the chocolate um, mm -hmm. when she's premenstrual, you know, like be collaborative. You know, there's a lot of organizations out there like Ruby May has Know Your Flow. There's yes. lots of other things. And there are even people who do courses for men who yeah. are in relationships with women. Yeah. And it's not that complicated. Um, no, it's really not. 
and, and just as long as you know where your partner is in the cycle, you can both collaborate so that everybody's needs are met. Mm. You know, mm -hmm. and there's like a lot of opportunities, even if it's not full on sex, there is still opportunities for exchanging sexual energy, which can still be very fulfilling. Yeah, or intimacy of other kinds. or yeah. And holding and mm -hmm. championing and... Yeah. Oops, to call me. Uh, daughter three. It's, it does seem to me that what we're butting up against so often is, and it would be solved, that's the thing, it would be solved by that approach of sort of restorative conversations because it, it's essentially two people saying, I'm the victim. No, really, I'm the victim. You know, no, no, I don't think you're hearing me because of this, this, and this. I'm the victim. Yes, but equal and opposite I'm actually the victim and these conversations just back back and forth without anybody actually sort of acknowledging what's true for the other person yeah and and therefore it has to be collaborative mm. you know and the more people meet and get collaborative the more other people will see them being collaborative and the benefits and they'll do it too you know things that work catch on mm. you know and so that's what we need to create in the world is more examples of being collaborative, being teammates in this stuff mm. rather than adversaries. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's just beautiful to live that way when you can achieve it with one other human. Mm. Um, I think it's really compelling to see. And, yeah, and then everyone gets what they want. It's what we all want, right, is actual yeah. intimacy where you're seen in your full glory and full messiness and still loved anyway. You know, maybe and that's where we come back to the, the past wounding, not skipping the steps of healing, because as long as that healing hasn't happened, mm. then there's so much of a trigger that's going to keep sending us into, yeah, but this is, this is your fault, this is not my fault, this is your stuff, this isn't my stuff. And that comes from unhealed wounds that doesn't come mm -hmm. from sense no and the unhealed wounds of the past will keep trying to creep in and create more drama because there's so much unresolved pain so as well as doing the modern day let's learn each other's cycles and be teammates and collaborate there needs mm -hmm. to be let's also collaborate on clearing the wounding of the past and even having ceremonies mm -hmm. having conversations having meetings where we work towards forgiveness it's not going to happen overnight um and those two things have to ha happen hand in hand there's the stuff that is the present day stuff of mm -hmm. collaboration and teammates and there's the stuff which is from the past which is getting rid of the accumulation of pain mm -hmm. and it's the same not just with men and women it's the same just with each of us as individuals yeah we've all got to work on ourselves in the present day so that we're not so governed by our crazy minds so that we're not sort of avoiding our bodies and our feelings so that we're not totally sort of consumed by the external world, glorifying being busy, trying to make money. You know, we, we're creating our consciousness and our presence in the moment and our love. But we've all got work to do also on our past wounding, mm. um, on what happened to us when we were kids, on the love we didn't get, on the confusions of our childhoods and, and all that stuff. We've all got to be clearing out the past as well as being creative in the now. And that's a, that's that's two different jobs. I mean, they're very mm -hmm. connected, but it's two different jobs. You've got to be 
setting the, the correct foundations by clearing the path so that you've got a good bit of land to build on and you've got the present day building of the new temple but you can't build the new temple on old rocky fucked up polluted ground yeah i'm looking to my left and build the temple so there's work to do in the past and work to do with the present which is quite different mm. i'm looking to my left at my whiteboard here because i have a, a diagram of exactly that and at the bottom it says foundations and then there's you know, that's uh that's definitely my model of it too and um that that takes like a level of radical personal responsibility that i feel is becoming more and more kind of unquestionably needed in, yeah. in people in the and world it's got to be modeled you know there's got to be examples of it you can't just leave people to just sort of work it out you know i think we could create beautifully packaged stage by stage very simple processes so that can be done so people aren't just sort of left out in the wind right exactly mm. and make mm. it free you know i mean how amazing would it be if it was a government thing where you kind of downloaded these pdfs and this is these are these led conversations yeah. asking each other these questions what do you need learning how to listen learning how to feel the triggers in your body so they don't reach the mouth before you've had a chance to breathe through them you know very simple techniques it wouldn't it's not mm. it's not brain surgery or rocket science no or it's not rocket surgery no it's it's um it's incredibly simple actually and it's not always easy that's kind of how i frame yeah that. yeah mm -hmm. Mm. On another note, okay. just a separate tiny little thing. Something yeah. I really want to do, and I'm looking through my contacts at the moment for who's got contacts in this area, mm. is I would love to get in touch with the England team. Mm. And, you know, whenever England play, domestic violence statistics shoot through the roof. Yeah. And whenever England lose, they shoot even higher. But mm. even if they play, even if they win. Yeah. they still shoot through the roof how amazing would it be for you know they take a knee for racism mm. how amazing would it be for the england team to make a clear statement or even do a different thing take a different knee before the match saying real men protect women oh yeah i've got goosebumps all over from that so doable and so right, right. i'm sure if they yeah. knew if the players knew the stats do you, know, they you don't think racism, they will huh yeah you don't think they do know no. No. One or two of them might. I think if they all knew and someone sat down and said, listen, you take a knee for racism, let's take a knee for this and say why, mm. I think it could make a difference. Amazing. I really hope you achieve that. Mm. Mm -hmm. I'm on it. Cool. Brilliant. Okay, well, we're coming to the end of our half an hour. I Thank you. I'm very grateful for this conversation. Thank you so much. Well, we can have more, you know, we could do this every few months and see if we've made any progress. Yeah, that would be good. That would be really good. Perfect. Um, okay, well, thank you very much. Brilliant. I'm stop our recording. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoyed our discussion. If you would like to contact Jamie, you can find him at jamiecatto.com and I'm over at clairestandon.com.